authenticates a relationship between the Lord and David, and ready for this, between you and the Lord. He is my shepherd. And then he says something which is wonderful. Because he's my shepherd, I shall not want. Are you wanting today? Think about it. Are you really wanting? Folks in America, we've got the best medicine, we've got the best doctors, we've got the stores to shop in, everything. Are we really in want? May I tell you, as long as we are this side of heaven, there'll always be a want. And this morning, you may be feeling dis, dis, discouraged. You may be feeling with pain. You may be having fear. And may I tell you, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. You can put your name under the word my. And he says, I shall not want. John 10, 11 says that Jesus Christ came as the good shepherd to make possible a personal relationship between God and man. See, because of what Jesus did, because of what he did, I shall not want when I turn my faith to him. Number two, he makes me to lie down. Wow. At times we need to lie down to be able to look up. Is that true? It's interesting as you go calling in the hospital on people. I'm thinking of a man recently that had fallen off the roof of his house. And he was uh, up there painting and doing something. And he said, you know, I... I did something I've never done before. I came down the ladder holding on to the, the paint bucket. I usually set the paint bucket down, get on the ladder, then come down with the paint. He said, I tried to step over with the paint bucket, and he says, I fell in it right on his hip. He's been in the hospital for over two months for some therapy. And he called me on the phone. He said, could you come please see me? I need to talk to you. And I went, what does he need to talk about? So I went to see him, and I sat down with him there at the therapy at the hospital where he's getting therapy, and I said, what can I do for you? And here's what he said. He says, I need to recommit my life to Christ. He said, I've been laying here on my back, and my hips in pain. I have braces on my body. I, they're trying to get me up. And he said, laying on my back and looking up made me realize more than ever in my life, I need a Savior. How about you? It's amazing, when we're laying down, we have a tendency to remember someone. When I'm sickest, that's when I look to God more, and that shouldn't be that way. But he says that he will be there with me. He makes me to lie down. See, the shepherd knows your limitations. He knows my limitations. He knew this man's limitation. And it's sad that God had an appointed time for that man to lie on his back. This man's 70 years old, folks. And here's what he told me. He said, I've never been baptized by immersion. And he says, when I am able to be in there, I want to be baptized. I want to start my life anew. Then he said something all preachers say. You know, I've not been given to the church. <laughs> I'm going to start giving to your church. You know, I didn't say hallelujah because of the money that's going to come in. I said hallelujah because he's going to learn to be generous. More blessed to give than to receive. See, God does not forsake us where we cannot safely and happily go. He's always there with us. God never demands of us work which is beyond our strength and beyond our ability. See, he makes me to lie down. Now, it's interesting. Go to verse 2. He, might, he makes me to lie down in what? Old thorny pastor. Think about it. He makes me to lie down. 
feet. What does he make me to lie down in? What does he make? There's something humming up here. What did I do? There it is. I hit that thing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Have you ever laid down in a, in, 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 in a pasture just to kind of relax and all of a sudden you feel something under you? One night, before I was a Christian, I laid down out in the field and I, and I went, wow, this feels so good. And all of a sudden I felt something underneath me penetrating my clothes. And I sat up. I was laying down in the ant bed. I said, oh, bite me all you want, ants. No, I went, wow, get those things off me. I'll be, I'm going to confess to you. I jerked my clothes off out there in that field. Thank God there's nobody there. And I shook them and I shook them. I went and jumped in a pond while I had to wash those things off. God's not going to put me in a field where ants are. He's not going to put me in a field where there's thorns. He's going to put me in a field, as it says here, look there, where it's green pastures. Now, green pastures are the best of pastures. That's the most nutritious grass they can eat because the shepherd knows where to take us. But he says, he makes me lie down there that he can take care of me. Number three, he restores my soul. David knew that God reassures and that God encourages. David knew what it was like to be burdened down with sin. See, David also knew what it was to repent. If you go to Psalms chapter 51, and you can just write this down, Psalms chapter 51, verse 10, David, who had committed sin with Bathsheba, committed adultery. Also, he had committed murder because he sent Bathsheba's husband out to die. So he committed murder, he committed adultery, and he was living in sin. As you read in Psalms, leading up to Psalms 51, David says, my bones and my ligaments and my joints hurt because of sin. If you read in Psalms 51, starting with verse 1, he starts saying, You are the one who can restore me, Lord. You are the one who can save me. You are the one who can take these things away from me. Then he goes to verse 10 and he says this in Psalms 51. He says, Restore in me a new heart, O Lord. May I tell you, if you're allowing anything to keep you from being restored, you need to stop it. See, Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 24, Jesus says we're to be reconciled before the shepherd. David was reconciled in Psalms 51. And you and I need to have our souls re restored. See, God revives life in us. As we daily have our personal worship, God gives us life. John 10, 10, Jesus says, I've come so that you can have life and have it abundantly. You know what abundantly means? Let's take this candle that it, it is a, let's take this, it, it's glass, a jar that you're going to pour water in. You pour the water in and you get to what you would consider the top. That's not abundantly yet. Abundantly is you put a few more drops in, then you bend over and you look, and above the rim of this glass, it's like a bubble. That's abundantly. He says in John 10, 10, I've come so that you can have life and you can have it abundantly. Ready for this? Above the rim. You can have life above the rim. So he says he restores your soul. And he restores my soul. Number four. I can, C-A-N. I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I can. See, you need to write this down in your outline. You will not stay in the valley. Are you ready for that? 
you will not stay in the valley. He says, he will walk me through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, what is the valley of shadow of death? Well, there's three ways that you experience the shadow of death. Number one is through death. I already heard that people have lost loved ones. That's hard. It's a hard time because you feel, well, am I going to, to be able to survive? Maybe it's a spouse, a husband, or a wife, and you've lived with them for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40, 50, sometimes 60 and 70. A couple years back, there's a couple in our church, and the wife died. They'd been married 72 years. I went, wow. And for three years, that man wanted to die every day so he could go be with his Lord. But more than that, so he could be with his wife, too. He says, oh, how I miss her. And I shared this with him. I said, you know, right now, Ray, you're going through the valley of the shadow of death. But I said, you know what? He says he will not leave us in that valley. He says, I will take you through the valley of the shadow of death. Some of you may be in that valley right now. Hold on to what Psalm says. I will take you through that valley. Folks, that is forward progress. He doesn't say, I'm going to take you into the valley and let you kind of salter there and, and let you simmer there. He says, no, I'm going to walk you through the valley of the shadow of death. So it could, folks, be something like death. It could be disappointment. Are you disappointed with anybody? Oh, wow. May I tell you, if you're not disappointed, just wait. It's going to come. Disappointment comes, why? Because we're human beings. Other people will disappoint me. But the shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, our God and our Father, he will never, never disappoint us. And the third thing, the third area of darkness that we've got to pass through is loneliness. Isn't it amazing when there's death, there's disappointment, but then there's loneliness? May I tell you, based on what the good shepherd says, I will walk you through the valley of death, the valley of disappointment, the valley of loneliness. John chapter 10, verse 3, Jesus calls us his own sheep. He calls us by name. He knows you personally. He knows John Phillips personally. And when I'm going to that valley, I'm going, God, you said you would never forsake me. You said you would never leave me. And I feel like this is the darkest time in my life. But if I just listen, he says, John, how do you think I keep you moving forward. I'm your God. I know you by name. See, when he looks at the sheep, this morning we are all a herd of sheep. He knows each of us by name. He knows our voice. He knows what we look like. You think, oh, sheep look the same. They all go, bah, bah. You know what? Each bah, bah is different. I have two kids. They're different. I pick up the phone and one of them calls me. And, and I, I immediately can say, hey, David, how you doing? I love you. Or he, the other one, Josh calls, hey, Josh, I don't have to say, who's this? Isn't it amazing how you recognize that voice? Isn't it amazing you don't have to say, all right, you sound like somebody I know. Who are you? No, you know who it is. May I tell you, the shepherd knows you by name. He knows who you are. See, he is our need meter. He meets our need. See, this morning, what is your need? This morning, what need do you have? that you need met by the need meter. Then number five, I will dwell in the house of the Lord for how long? Forever and ever and ever and ever. See, this is the source for my help. 
I will have help. Help is not coming. Help is here. We as his sheep have got to submit to that shepherd who says, I will lead you through the valley. He has progress out. And then he says, you and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, when I dwell in the house of the Lord, it says this, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life in that house. See, the 23rd Psalms is a pattern for thinking. Doctors can give us medicine for our illnesses, but only God can give us comfort. I go to my doctor, and my doctor says, you know, I, I want you to start taking this new medicine. Maybe it's blood pressure. Maybe it's diabetes. Whatever it is. Maybe they see that you're anxious. And they said, you know, I have samples. I want to give these samples. I want you to take this. You start taking that medicine the doctor gives you, and maybe you start feeling better. But may I tell you, there's only one great physician. And here in Psalms, he says, I will give you the greatest of medicine that will help you through whatever valley you go through, whatever comfort you need. Now look in your outline, point number two. God's prescription for comfort and contentment. There's six verses in Psalms 23. I want to I, I give you God's prescription, okay? God's prescription is real simple. I want you to start, I want you to do this for two weeks, okay? Two weeks isn't much, two weeks. I want you to follow exactly what I'm going to tell you. It's in your outline. Number one, I want you to, to tweet. I want you to read the 23rd Psalms when you awake. Six verses. Maybe you don't have your Bible, print it on a piece of paper and have it there with you. Before you get out of bed, an alarm goes off, turn it off, flip the light on, Roll over on the side of your bed and read the 23rd Psalms, six verses. And then after breakfast, you may still have that same sheet of paper, read the 23rd Psalms. Then at lunchtime, read the six verses, the 23rd Psalms. Then at dinner time, you say, well, I don't eat dinner. Well, when you would eat dinner, read the 23rd Psalms. And then the last thing before you go to bed, six verses. Folks, that takes less than three minutes. Last thing before you go to bed, read the 23rd Psalm. Now, five times. Now, isn't it amazing the doctor tells you to take this pill twice a day or take this pill four times a day? I'm giving you encouragement that the Lord says, read the 23rd Psalms five times a day. I want you to try it for two weeks. And after those two weeks, here's what you're going to find out. You're going to have it memorized. And when problems come, and when you are lonely, and when you feel like you can't make it, and you feel like you're in the valley of the shadow of death, the 23rd Psalms will come to you. Think about it. John 10, 11, and 14 says, The good shepherd, he is our comforter. Philippians 3, verse 13 and 14 says, Forget what lies behind. Reach forward to what lies ahead. Then he says, Paul says in Philippians 3, 13 and 14, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Today is a new beginning. Today is a day that you can hold on to that breath. Maybe I should have brought a loaf of bread and passed out a piece of bread to everybody. You know, I could just hold it out and you could have it. And you know what you could do? Every time you need something, every time you need stress, you go back to this bread. 
And you know what's interesting is if you keep squeezing on that piece of bread, it's going to do what? It's going to disintegrate eventually. But you know what? When you hold on to the 23rd Psalm, it'll always be there for you. The Lord is whose shepherd? My shepherd. Who should not want? You. He leads me through the valley of the shadow of death. He says, you shall do what? Fear no evil. When it's darkest, that's when he's closest. If you're willing to hold on to him. The Lord is my shepherd. Fathers, oh, how the church needs Christian fathers. Oh, how the world needs Christian fathers. Fathers, we are always not the best fathers. We make mistakes. We lose our temper. Maybe we're not a good example. Maybe we uh, have messed up in our life. But fathers, why not today on Father's Day recommit your life to the good shepherd? Why not recommit your life to be the shepherd that God wants you to be? Now, men, you ready for this? You've got to be the shepherd first to yourself where you commit yourself to Christ. And then next, now God's above that. Then next, to your spouse if you're married. And then third, to your children. Even if your children are gone, am I still a Christian father to my kids and they're not living with us anymore? Well, my wife hates the empty nest. We got an empty nester women in here. Oh, man, you women, poor. I keep saying, why are you down? Oh, I just haven't seen my kids. Now we got grandkids. Oh, if I could just see the grandkids. She's about forgot our kids now. Grandkids came. You know, two of them. She said, oh, we need to fly out and see the grandkids. And, you know, they live 600 miles from us. I said, you never want to do that with our boys. Well, you know, they're grown up now. I need to see those grandkids. You can just look at my wife, and she has that grandma sickness on her. And I noticed that coming on Cindy, except Cindy's real happy this weekend. But, but she, you know, Harold's going to have to learn the signs. So, you know, we need to drive to Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> or he's going to have to say, why don't we get Jeff? his wife and the baby to meet us halfway you know Harold if you offer to buy their dinner they will travel too it's amazing it's amazing but folks it comes right down to this the Lord is not my piece of bread the Lord is my what shepherd folks if death is facing you if death is facing you I know my brother you'll have a pastor there with you but above that he will bring the shepherd who's the king of kings and lord of lords. And you can always have that shepherd when you're facing death. May I tell you something? My God still heals. Amen? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But also, may I tell you a secret? Ready for this? When you die, God's not taking you. God's receiving you. Think about that. He's receiving you. Someone got real mad at me. Oh, my kid, God is so bad. He said, oh, he took my kid. I says, wait a minute. God received your child. A light went off in this person's face. He received him. He's going to take care of my son better than I ever could. See, no more sorrow, no more sadness, no more sickness. If you're outside of Christ today, my brother's going to come as your pastor. If you have a decision to make for Jesus Christ, if you need prayer, why not come for prayer? Dads, what a day to come for prayer.
If you just want to come up on your own and pray at the altar, this is the time. If you need someone to pray with you, we'll be here to pray with you. Dads, boy, this is a time to say, I've blown it as a dad, but I'm starting all new today. If you're here and you're without a church membership somewhere, we want to extend to you to come, to make the good confession that you believe that Jesus is the Christ and living God, to make this your church home. I don't have to tell you, but you got the best pastor. Best pastor. Far, far. I wish I was as talented as he is. I have to work so much harder than he does. Everything's always come easy for him. So. That's because he was the baby, and he got most of the food and stuff, I guess. I don't know. But he's so gifted. If you're here and you've never been immersed into Christ, why not today? There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Why not today? The Lord is your shepherd. We're going to stand and sing the invitation to him. We invite you to come. Let's be standing.
thanks for being here this morning. What a joy it's been to have all of my family here and uh, you, my extended family. Uh, they'll get on a plane and fly away, but you'll be here, and I thank you for that. And thanks for loving us and being a part of your family also. Sheila, we've got you in prayer, and uh, you folks uh, keep li Sheila lifted up this week in prayer, would you? John, thank you very much. Um, I want to have you at the back, and Marie, if you would, would you mind going back to the back with John? And uh, folks greet you as they leave. And uh, my two sons and myself, we're going to close you out this morning with a song <clears throat> that's uh, familiar to you. And I've not had them sing with me this song before, so what a blessing that'll be for me. And hopefully for you. We'll see how that goes. Who has the closing prayer this morning? Anybody? There we go. Brother Mick, if you would, following that, our, our song, and then off we go. So he chased them all down to the Red Sea shore. Thought he wouldn't have to worry about Moses anymore. Moses stretched his rod out over the sea. The Lord answered Moses with a little gentle breeze. I can see Moses now with a smile on his face, telling all the people with his gentle grace that I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Yes, I've got a feeling everything's gonna be alright. Oh, I've got a feeling everything's gonna be alright. Be alright, be alright, be alright. Little boy named David went out to fight the giant. Everyone laughed at such a funny little sight. A little shepherd boy armed only with a sling Beside mighty Goliath seemed such a puny little thing But David said you come to me with spear and a sword But I come to you in the name of the Lord He put in a stone then he gave it a fling And when it left his hand David began to sing That I've got a feeling and everything's gonna be alright Yes, I've got a feeling everything's going
Jesus was a dying and hell had a ball. All the demons were rejoicing. They thought they'd won the war. Soon they wouldn't laugh anymore. On that earth, first Easter morning, as the sun woke up the earth, the caverns of the deep opened up as to give birth to a resurrected Savior with healing in his wings. Now the host of children, they'll rise and sing that I got a feeling everything's gonna be Everything's gonna be alright. 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 God bless you. Thank you so much.